Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Closing prayer. That's a beautiful song, isn't it? Yeah, we may say that uh, I'm not a Sunday school teacher. I can teach. That's true. There's something that we can do. We can pray. The Lord is really good. Uh, yeah, since Pastor sang that song, please pray for me. I'm not in shape right now. You know what I mean. I have this uh, thorn of the flesh. Uh, my wife's like, let's call Pastor Sam. Tell him to preach tonight. I said, I can do all things to Christ, which is strengtheneth me. And my daughter was like, Dad, you really not going to do it? And he gave, she gave me a suggestion. Next time, Dad, please record your preaching just in case you have this, I mean, which is a good idea. But anyway, I believe that God is with us tonight. You know, the Bible says in Psalms 21, 25, verse 1, in you, Lord, my God, I put my trust. So I put my trust in God tonight that he will be able to uh, hold me up. Okay, so let's go to the Lord in prayer first before we start reading our um, verses. Let us pray. Truly, Lord God in heaven, you know I am weak right now. Lord, I pray, Lord, that you give me strength, oh God. Give me a contrite mind, oh Lord, that I can uh, share this message that you have prepared for us, oh Lord. And you know, Father, Lord, that I am nothing before you. And Father, Lord, I pray that you will create a miracle in me tonight. Please help me to go through this, and I pray, Lord, that uh, your, your strength will be with me. Your Holy Spirit will guide me, oh God. And thank you, Lord, for for your guidance, for being, um, bringing us here safe and sound. And I pray, Lord, as we study your word, may you bless us, bless us, O oh Lord, and please um, forgive us, Lord, from all, from all our sins, uh, any sins that hidden in our heart, Lord, please. Cleanse this, O oh Lord, and I know, Lord, that you will not hear our prayer if we don't confess all our sins, Lord. That's why we are here tonight, to confess our sins, and Lord, and to humble ourselves. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. All right, so truly the Lord is good. Amen. All the time, yes. Thank you, all the time. Yeah, so tonight uh, we have uh, praying and receiving as our title, the pattern of praying and receiving. Have you prayed to the Lord and the Lord blessed you and heard your prayer? You know, not, not all the prayers that we utter to the Lord, the Lord will answer it, right? That's why we are here this evening, so we can learn something that how we pray and how we receive the blessings from the Lord. All right, the Bible says in Second uh, Chronicles chapter 1, Second Chronicles chapter 20, I'm sorry, verses 1 to 5. The Bible says, and it came to pass after this also that the children of Moab and the children of Ammon, and with them other beside the Ammonites, came against Jehoshaphat to battle. Then there came so that the old Jehoshaphat, saying, There cometh a great multitude against thee from beyond the sea on this side Syria, and behold, they be in Haz Hazazon, how do you I say Hazazon Tamar, wow, what a name, which is in, in Jedi. And Jehoshaphat feared and set himself to seek the Lord and proclaim a fast through all Judah. 
and Judah gathered themselves together to ask help of the Lord. Even out of, the, of all the cities of Judah, they came to seek the Lord. And Jehoshaphat stood in the congregation of Judah and Jerusalem in the house of the Lord uh, before, the, before the new court. In verse 6, uh, okay, in verse 6, and said, O Lord God of our fathers, art not thou God in heaven, and ruler not thou over all the kingdoms of heathen? And in thine hand is there no, not power and might, so that none enable to withstand thee? Art not thou our God, which didst drive out of the inhabitants of this land before the people, Israel, and gavest it to the seed of Abraham thy friend forever? And verse 8, And they dwell therein, one second. Very sticky. Napagahalat ng hindi binabasin Bible. And they dwell therein and have built this sanctuary therein for thy name, saying, in verse 9, If when evil cometh upon us as the sword, judgment, or pestilence, or famine, and we stand before this house and in thy presence, for thy name is the, in this house, and cry unto thee in our affliction, then thou wilt hear and help. Right? Take note of that. You know, and cry unto thee our affliction, then thou wilt hear and help. You know, some people say that, say that the old time religion is dead. And that there is no hope when it comes to the miraculous today. You know, but I believe that God is still very much God. I believe that God is as much God today as he was back then. So now when, when the children of Moab and the children of Ammon came against Jehoshaphat to battle, so Jehoshaphat and the whole Judah prayed earnestly to God for help. So a pattern, and pattern of praying and receiving miracles, it describes a unique Israel's victory. On the other occasion, God had enabled the Israelite forces to be victorious, but there's the credit in due entirely to God while the army of Israel is reduced to the level of expectators. So I believe that you can have a miracle by following the pattern here set by Judah King Jehoshaphat. So as you begin to pray, remind yourself who God is. As you begin to pray, pray, remind your God, yourself, who God is. As you read in 2 Chronicles verse, chapter 20, verses 6 to 9, Jehoshaphat had done a pretty good job for serving as king. So he did make one mistake. We all make mistakes, right? I believe he's a human, okay? We all human, we make mistakes. That of forming an alliance with King Ahab. But Jehoshaphat learned from his past mistake and turned to God for forgiveness and led Israel to revival. Well, that's the good thing that we make mistakes. And it's a good thing also that we learn from it. So now faced with the new, that we knew, uh, new threat, that man of godly reform, he stands and declares in prayer that God is the God of our Father. Declares in prayer that God of heaven, he rules all kingdoms of the heathen, the enemy. He have all powers and might, and no enemy can withstand you. He is our God. 
He is the God who hears us in our time of famines and pestilence and wars and when evil tempts us. So he is the one that we can cry on and to deliver us from them all. So in order to receive miracles, brethren, you have to know who God is and be convinced that what he has done for others, he will do it for you. What he has done in the past, he will do it the same today and tomorrow. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 13 verse 8, Jesus Christ is the same and yesterday, the same yesterday and today and forever. Do you believe that? So today we need the political leaders who know who God is and are more not ashamed to stand up and proclaim to the people the leaders who will lead our nations in prayer and repentance in time of seeking God's wisdom as well in the inversion of the, of the mighty of the almighty God. So we need a religious leaders who knows who God is and who are not afraid to stand before the assemblies of God's people and declare the gospel. So to intercede for someone is is to want more for them that it is your power to give. If we truly love people, we will desire for them far more than it is within our power um, power to give them. And this leads us to prayer. So intercess intercession is a way of loving others. I only have, I think, three points. Okay, forgive me if I lie, if I will lie again. Number one, <laughs> I'll be quick because I don't want to stand here too long, okay? Because my wife is worrying in the back. Okay, number one, example of the intercessory prayer. Okay, intercessory prayer is an important ministry. Remember in Exodus chapter 7, verse 8 to 13. Let's go there. Chapter 17. Exodus 17. This is about uh, Moses and Joshua. All right, let's, let's read it. So we can have uh, an idea or good picture of it. Talagang napagahalatang hindi binabasa yung Bible. So sticky. All right, okay, what the Bible says, verse 7, I mean, chapter 17, verse 8 to 13. The Bible says that, Then came Amalek and fought with Israel in Rephidim. And Moses and said unto Joshua, Choose, choose us out men and go out fight with the Amalek. Tomorrow I will stand on the top of the hill with the rod of God in, in my hand. So, uh, so Joshua did as Moses and said to him, and fought with Amalek. Um, Amalek and Moses, Aaron, and Har went up on the top of the hill. In verse 11, and it came to pass when Moses held up his hand, that is, uh, Israel pre prevailed. And when he let down his hand, um, um, Amalek prevailed. But Moses' hands were heavy, and they took a stone and put it under him, and has, uh, he sat thereon. And Aaron and Har, and Har stayed up his hand, the one on the on one side and the other on the other side, and his hands were ready, uh, were steady until the going down of the sun. Verse 13, and Joshua discomfited Amalek and his people with the edge of the sword. So here, we will see here that, see, remember when Moses and Moses asked Joshua to choose men, you know, maybe matatapang na tao, you know, choose men. To choose some men to fight 
with Amalek. So while Moses and Aaron and her went up to the top of the hill and prayed. Moses' prayer was just a vital to victory as Joshua was fighting. You know, not everyone can be Joshua. Not everyone can be a tough guy, ready to fight all the time. But everyone can be a Moses. You know, God's ears is open to our concerns and he is responsive. So I like that song, I Can Pray. You know, we cannot, we, we cannot do anything. Maybe there's something that they can, we can do in the church, but I'm sure that all of us can pray here. You know, pray for our leaders, our pastors. In Luke chapter 18, verse 1, the Bible says, Jesus spake of a parable unto them, that men ought always to pray and not to faint. And my uh, second point here, the prayer of Epaphras. In uh, Colossians chapter 4, verse 12 to 13. The Bible says, Epaphras, who is one of you, a servant of Christ, saluteth you, always laboring fervently for you in prayers. Take note of that. That ye may stand perfect and complete in all the will of God. And verse 13, for I bear him record that he had a great zeal for you and them that are in Laodicea and them in Hierapolis. So who is Epaphras here? Probably converted by Paul. Okay, in Ephesus. Epaphras founded the Colossian church and his report to Paul in Rome, causing for, uh, for Paul to write this letter. So Epaphras was a hero of the Colossian church because of this conflict. You know, one of the believers who helped him, the church together in spite of growing troubles. You know, he earnest prayer of the believers shows his deep love and concern for them. So later went 100 miles inland to Lycos River Valley. Okay, I don't know, is this by feet or by car, by bike? Laud uh, Colossi, Laodicea, uh, Hierapolis, where he may have been an instrument in establishing those churches, which Colossians is written in Papyrus, is in Rome visiting Paul, sought his advice in how to deal with false teachers. You know, we can see here that the Papyrus prayer is very constant. Is constant, always wrestling in prayer. The old story in preacher circles about the rural church. Old farmer went into the church, into the church building every Saturday afternoon at two and did not come out until evening. So what would this old farmer doing? One day, someone sneaked a quick look in the window to see what he was doing. He would start at the front pew, okay, and pray his way all the way to the back pew. He was praying for its family or individual members of that church that sat down on those pews. No, I hope he won't miss my, my spot over there. So do you have people like that in our church? Do you have people like that in our church? Well, we may not be here in the church, you know. I know each every one of us pray, pray for each other. And then he's not only a he's not only have a constant uh, prayer. His prayer is concrete, okay? That you may stand firm. Sabi nila concreto recado, okay? The fact you know, you know, very very specific is content. We pray for those for whom it is our duty to pray. 
And not only concrete, it's also consistent. He is working hard for you. He is working hard for us. The fact that Epaphras was in Rome showed there was more than his prayer than, Lord, take care of these people. He always said that, Lord, take care of these people. You know, I believe that's the prayer of our pastor. Lord, please take care of my people in Bergen Bible Baptist Church. Two men were being chased by a bear. One said, let's stop and say a quick prayer. The other replied, let's pray as we run. We need to be praying and doing something about it. <laughs> and, uh, and, and then when they stopped, and then when they prayed, one of the guys says, Lord, please make this a bear Christian. All right, and then the, the bear paused, you know, and uh, just look at them. And then and they didn't know that the bear was praying, Lord, thank you, Lord, for this meal that I'm going to have. <laughs> the Bible reveals that God indeed intervenes in the affair of nation. And when God intervenes, he uses ordinary people. We may not be assigned a huge task, but we can play our part to help bring about peace and the righteousness that exalts nation. We can do that through our prayer. So the Apostle Paul wrote in 1 Timothy chapter 1, chapter 2, verse 1 and 2. Let's go there. 1 Timothy. Meron ba akong 1 Timothy? Nakalimutan ko yata sa... There you go. Okay, exhort therefore that first of all supplications, prayer, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings of all that are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. And my last point here is practical points about prayer. None of us can shoulder for uh, can shoulder the burden of prayers for everyone and everything. We know we ask, what is your prayer request? You know, we need to be persistent in what we decide to take on in our prayer. So when we begin praying for others, we soon discover that it is easy to become discouraged at the results which seems frustratingly slow and uneven. So this is because we are entering in the strange mix of divine influence of human and independence. So look at for God to act in the situation we pray about. Remember, God is elusive. He hides his tracks and wipes off his fingerprints. A flash flood once revenged uh, revenge, a uh, southern country. Volunteers risked their lives to help rescue people from trees and rooftops. One old man was, was stuck on the rooftop when a rowboat came saying, Hop in, Papa. Hop in. We'll save you. And the old man says, No, the Lord will provide. Little while later, another motorboat was sent to, to, to save him. Hop in, Papa. We'll save you. And again, he, he insisted, the Lord will provide. And finally, a helicopter came, and again, he refused to help, saying, the Lord will provide. The man drowned, and when he went up to heaven, he banged on the pearly gates and demanded to know from Peter when 
heaven hadn't been more responsive. Peter looked at him and shaking his head, nodding his head. See, we sent two rowboats and helicopters. What did you want more? You know, we frequently say, God is not fair. We frequently say, God is not fair. How come he never answers my prayer? You know, I believe that if God doesn't answer our prayer, he has better than, better than our prayer. You know, um, <clears throat> and all of us, are, you know, are, are just like that. You know, we complain uh, right away. We all think of someone who, uh, whom we consider to be less mature, less competent, or less able than we are by our one of gets of all our blessings. How come so-and-so gets more blessing than I do? I stand here in the pulpit and preach. I stand here in the pulpit and sing. How come he gets more blessings than I do? So if we just realize that person is a great comfort to us because he or she has enabled us to keep our uh, self-image intact by saying, well, at least I'm not like so-and-so. You know, are we like that? The only problem with determining ourselves worth of comparing ourselves to others is that we are using the wrong measuring stick. A little boy came to his mother, says, one day said, Mother, guess, guess what? I am eight feet tall now. His mother, greatly surprised, oh, really? Inquiring into the matter and found he was using a six-inch ruler to measure a foot. <laughs> the boy was actually only a few inches over four feet. This is exactly what we do. We measure ourselves by one another an imperfect prototype rather than by standing of the word of God. So we need to be humble, we need to be meek and lowly. In Matthew 23, verse 12, the Bible says, and whosoever shall exalt himself shall be abased, and he shall humble himself shall be exalted. And James 4.10 says, humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and he shall lift you up. And 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 6, Humble yourself, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. So when we pray, we have to be honest to the Lord. When we pray, we have to be honest to the Lord. Ask God to reach our hearts if there's any iniquities that's hidden in there. Search me, O God. You know, the Bible says, and know my heart, try me and know my thoughts, and see if there is any wicked way in me. Lead me in the way of everlasting. So just a David asked to search him for any sins of omission and sins of commission. So we need to allow God to run a diagnostic check in our hearts and mind. So when we allow God to do, go through examinations of our motives, of our perspectives, and our shortcomings, then we are able to grow up in all aspects into him who is the head, even Christ. So we all have blind spots in our life, don't we? That unless dealt with it can lead to a breakdown. If you see a check engine in your car, okay, what will you do? What are you going to do? You will still drive it like that? Of course, you will bring it to your
um, inspected. During my way there, wala siyang engine check on. And then it was like there, I'm on the next customer already and the check had been engine on. Whoop, there you go, failed. Come back next time. Then good thing my wife bring it to the uh, mechanic and fix it. And over there, all right, yay, my car is still good for two years. All right, so although most of the problem like that are minor repair, but if you had waited longer, it could have been major. So we need frequently to bring our lives into Christ's garage and let him examine our life before something major happens. So we often put off talking to God about our trespasses and they turn into a major problem. So if we don't get a diagnostic check done on our lives regularly, we might break down. So we need to catch this so-called the minor sins, okay? We call white lies. Before they become a major stumbling block to ourselves and others, my challenge is, my challenge for you is to ask God every night before you go to sleep. Search me, O Lord. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. See if there is any wicked way in me and lead me in the way of everlasting. You know, 1 John 1, 9, okay, I like this verse. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us for all unrighteousness. You know, confess means more than to admit sin. Sometimes we, a man, we don't like to admit our mistakes. My, my wife's like, you're right. Okay? To say the same thing. That is to say the same thing about our sins that God says about it. Meaning you and God are in the same page about your sins. A counselor was trying to help a man who had come forward during the evangelistic meeting. I am a Christian, the man said, but there's a sin in my life. I need help. So the counselor showed him 1 John 1, 9 and suggested that man confesses sin to God. And he started praying. He said, oh, Father, the man began, if we have done, <laughs> don't, don't drag me into your sin, my brother. It's not me, if or, or we. It's you who committed sin. <laughs> You'd better get down to your knee, brother, and get business with God. <laughs> Confession is not paying a, uh, praying a lovely prayer or making excuses. It is a naming sin, calling what God calls it an envy, hatred, you know, lust, deceit, and so on and so forth. Confession means being honest, completely honest. It means judging sin the way God judged it. Okay? Forgiveness. When we confess our sins, promises to, promises, I mean, God's promises to forgive us, right? In 1 John 1, 9. But this is not a magic rabbit, you know? That makes it easy for us to, be, to disobey God. You know, let's say I went out and sinned because I know I could come back to God and he will forgive me anyway. Do you think that is right? On what basis can God forgive me? First John 1 John 1.9, God is faithful and just. So this word should have kept you out of sinning. Do you know what it costs God to forgive our sins? Jesus had to die on the cross because of our sin. 
You know, that's right. Forgiveness isn't some cheap side track you know, or side show, side show trick that God performs. God is faithful to, to him who promised. And God is just because Christ died for your sins and my sin and paid it all. You know, you know the next time you plan to sin, remember that you are going to sin against a faithful, loving God. Cleansing. David prayed, Create in me a clean heart, O God. When our confession is sincere, God does not, does a cleansing work, I'm sorry. God does a cleansing work in all our hearts. He uses his spirit and his word to do this. So the greatest mistake that King David made was a trying to cover his sins instead of confessing them. For perhaps a whole year, he lived in deceit. So the question is tonight, as I close, when should we confess our sin? You know, when should I, when should I confess my sin, Brother Robert? Immediately when we discover it. That's my answer. In Proverbs 28, Proverbs 28, verse 13, the Bible says, He that covereth his sins shall not prosper, but whoso confesseth and forsaketh them shall have mercy. So by walking in the light, we are able to see the dirt in our lives and deal with it immediately. Amen. Amen. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. <clears throat> Dear God, Lord in heaven, Lord, once again, we thank you for this uh, message, this Bible study, Lord, that we have. And Lord, we pray, Lord, that um, whatever that we going to learn tonight or we have learned tonight, apply, help us to apply this in our daily life. We know, Father, Lord, that we are a sinner saved by grace, and we still commit sin, oh Lord, in our daily life. That's why, Father, we are we is very important for us as a believer to confess all our faults to one another, to confess all our sins to our God and Savior. That's why we're here today, Lord, to study and learn what we need to do when we know that we have committed sin. Lord, we thank you, Lord, for your grace and love to us. And once again, Lord, I pray that you will be, uh, you will guide us, Lord, as we depart from this place. May your continuous uh, faithfulness be upon us, O oh Lord. And please um, help us to get up every time we falter, every time we, dis we are discouraged, O oh Lord. And we know, Lord, that you are there for us or with us to take care of us and encourage us to move on in our life. Lord, we love you, Lord, and I thank you for your loving grace. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen.